Hello and welcome to the Luscious Living Podcast. I'm your host, Celine Vilgen, holistic nutrition consultant and the founder of Luscious Living, where personal growth meets wellness. Ladies, we've heard that PMS is a feminine curse, and it's time to bust that myth. Did you know that your period is actually a sacred and beautiful time for you? It doesn't feel like that when you have symptoms of cramps, bloating, nausea, headaches, and more. And I'm here to tell you it does not have to be that way. Did you know that you can use nutrition to ease those symptoms? Did you know that you have four different phases of your menstrual cycle? Yes, you can learn to optimize each of these phases and really understand your body and understand why you're more motivated in some times of the month and more excited to work out or more wanting to stay in or you are just more intuitive in certain phases as well. Learn to understand your body, love yourself even more. This is all talked about in my best-selling book, The Painless Period Guide. Grab a copy for you and a friend. The link to purchase is in the description. Well, hello and welcome back to another episode of the Luscious Living Podcast. Today, I am going to chat with you all about what happens when you spot in between your periods. This is a question I get asked pretty darn frequently. It's something I see often in my practice, and this is something that I have gone through myself, and my whole journey can be found in pretty much uh, many of my uh, hormone-based episodes, and I will link them in the description for you. And basically, I was getting two to four periods in a month. So basically bleeding most of the time. And my conventional doctor told me to go on birth control or do a scan to get a hysterectomy. Uh, So both of those were a, a hard no for me. And then my functional medicine doctor had asked me to do a hormone test Uh, It was $500. I had just finished off paying my university student loans. I was working full-time and I was also in school, nutrition school full-time, and paying $500 for a test that I knew that my hormones were imbalanced did not seem very logical to me. And I also realized that a lot of women and families, they just don't have $500 to drop on a single test, let alone the treatment of it. And interestingly enough, it's actually very, it can be very simple to navigate this through nutrition and lifestyle. And that is what I found for my case and my clients, whether they are in their 20s or 40s, and of course 30s as well. And that's why I wrote the Painless Period Guide. That it's because I wanted women to know that there was a solution beyond what we are being told at like such as birth control or hysterectomy or take this Dutch test. Those are all options, but they are not the only options. And so I aim to teach you about your body so that you know what to do or you at least know a pathway, you know different options. And I really do believe that we ought to know our own body and what's going on with it. Because just as there was a time where humans were illiterate and only certain people were able to read and then they 
really um, gave us specific information. We are only able to know specific information by not knowing how to read the signs of a hormone imbalance and really how to uh, solve that. So that is what I intend to do with us in this episode today. I do recommend reading the Painless Period Guide. It's a really simple read. I'm sure you could read it within a few days or a few weeks. You can have a you know 12 or 14 year old read it or a 40 year old read it. Okay, so this I really made it super super simple. It's not very in depth because I don't think that everyone needs to know and wants to know the specific hormonal um, peaks and oh I don't know you know what I mean I don't like it's it's not very scientific it made it very um, easy to read for anyone now that being said what I want to talk about with you today is really what does progesterone do well actually I'm just going straight into progesterone so when we have spotting in between periods it is a clear clear sign that progesterone is low because progesterone helps to maintain the uterine lining And this is also important if you're experiencing miscarriages and spotting, if you're experiencing spotting uh, or multiple periods as well. And that is really going to involve progesterone. So we're going to talk about what does progesterone do for you, the functions that it has. And again, that has to do with uh, menstrual bleeding, how much you bleed, anxiety, quality sleep. So definitely pay attention to this part. Then I want to go over what causes low progesterone. Um, And I think you will be surprised, but also not surprised for the most important aspect and contributor. And we're going to go over the key habits that also add further uh, low progesterone to our body. I'm not going to say the word because it'll give it away. And I want you to really digest each part of this. And then I want to go over five simple tips that anyone can do starting today to boost progesterone and start to have healthy, regular cycles, okay? So grab your coffee, your tea, your water. Maybe you're in the car on a road trip, driving to work. You're at the gym. Either way, I want to welcome you here and let's get started. First and foremost, what does progesterone do for you? Well, it lovingly has anti-anxiety effects. This is also why pregnant women have this glow and they're so beautiful. You know, they are um, really experiencing high estrogen, or sorry, high progesterone. But that's also why women can experience postpartum blues or postpartum depressions because progesterone drops, especially if it was low in the first place and, and estrogen was high in the first place. I do talk a little bit more about high estrogen on Instagram as well as other episodes, but when we have high estrogen, there is typically low progesterone because they have a seesaw effect with each other. So progesterone actually happens after ovulation. Ovulation is what triggers progesterone production. And so if we're not ovulating, such as when you're on birth control or when you are uh, overly stressed, you might have PCOS, you might have uh, thyroid challenges. We're going to talk a little bit about, about that in, the, um, in a little bit, but there are some things that stop ovulation, okay? And so progesterone needs ovulation in order to have a healthy amount. It is also going to help with the imp- these important functions, 
okay? And that's to grow and maintain the uterine lining. Again, that's to hold pregnancy as well. I have a dear client who was on Clomid, which is a fertility medication, for two years without any luck. And when we started working together, it was obvious that her hormones were imbalanced and it was very typical to see low progesterone, high estrogen. And after working together for nine months, and obviously there, it takes time. It really, really does. I, I wish I could say it was an overnight or there's a pill. And it was um, right after nine months, she got pregnant and she gave birth about, I can't remember if it was two or three days before my own birthday, which is pretty darn cool. And so um, it's been very exciting to really be educating women about fertility in this way. So we need progesterone for fertility as well. Um, and that's actually something that I have been really mindful of um, as we will begin to start our family in the next few years. So progesterone also, of course, maintains a regular menstrual cycle, so no less than 21 days and no longer than 35 days. It also helps you maintain a predictable period schedule, has normal bleeding, not too heavy, not too light. It helps you, again, feel more calm, calms the nervous system, and uh, improves quality of sleep, and really actually has neuroprotective benefits as well, which is pretty incredible. I mean, I'm fascinated by it. I just I just love progesterone. <laughs> um, I know that makes me super nerdy. But so what happened in, in, in the body, okay, this is just a little bit more scientific, maybe high school biology, but you might have heard of the corpus luteum. And it, is, it lives in, in your body for 10 to 14 days. And if it, there's no fertilization, it will disintegrate. Progesterone levels will drop and then your period will happen. But if there is fertilization and implantation, the, then the, the, your pregnancy hormones will help to maintain this corpus luteum. And in this way, progesterone levels are kept in order to support the early stages of pregnancy. But again, if we are having issues with, pre with the low progesterone, then miscarriage can in, in occur. Obviously, uh, there's, this is a whole other podcast episode of its own. But if you uh, and the women in your family have a history of miscarriage and depression, there is a very good chance you have very, very low B12 levels. And, um, and that's something really important to check out. Now, what causes low progesterone, this beautiful anti-anxiety, fertility-boosting hormone, what happens? Well, when I'm working with clients one-on-one, -on -one, we go through an assessment and I look at their hormone patterns, look at also gut health, look at, you know, symptoms of potentially candida or parasites, and uh, we, I, we look at every kind of, kind of uh, system, the circulatory system, the musculoskeletal system. So it's not just one thing usually that is leading to low progesterone, but it's important to look at the pattern. And what I've seen in my own life is when I have had high levels of stress. And this is the case for many of us. And this is either psychological or physical spiritual, um, emotional stress. Okay. So what happens in the body is the mother hormone that produces cortisol or stress hormone and progesterone is called pregnenolone. And there is an effect called the pregnenolone steel that when we're under chronic stress, the resources go to cortisol. 
So cortisol steals from the production or the resources of progesterone. Because the body is always going to favor survival over reproduction. Women are so strong, but our hormones are delicate. And of course, we're stressed from maybe work, kids, partner, money, global events. There's a lot that we can be stressed out about. And same with physically. And we're going to go into this is nutritional deficiencies, overexercising, skipping meals, not having enough food. All very common challenges that a lot of women in today's society face. Okay. And so, again, the body is always going to favor survival over fertility. So it shuts down ovulation. And because the uterine lining has already begun to develop by this point, it can become too thick, causing small parts of the lining to be shed in the form of spotting. Okay. And so there's other reasons that we can have low progesterone and things that impair ovulation. So some underlying causes of low progesterone could also include PCOS. And I have some podcast episodes on PCOS that I will link for you. Uh, obviously, emotional stress, right? Overexercising, dieting or caloric restriction, perimenopause or menopause, high estrogen usually, but also can be low estrogen. It could be other hormonal challenges such as hypothyroidism or high prolactin, then you know, there's other, maybe there's autoimmune conditions that you might be dealing with as well. And so that is really going to make a difference in how you feel and how you ovulate and how your hormones are balanced. So I want to dive into the most common three reasons that we stress our body. It's the key habits. Um, And I see within my friends, within colleagues even sometimes, and mostly, of course, within my clients. So let's get into the three habits that stress our body. First one is under eating or skipping meals. So we are inundated by quote unquote advice on social media, fitness influencers, whatever it is to say that low carb is the way, that veganism is the way, that intermittent fasting is the way, keto. And guess what? I did all of those for many years and I had really, really um, unhappy hormones for a very long time. And that's, you know, I have a lot to say about that, as, as you know, if you've been here for a while. And so, of course, we need to be eating and especially for hormone balance, I want you to start to eat within the hour. So if you really have hormone imbalance, I would have even 30 minutes between, uh, upon waking The max is 90 minutes. And so I want you to have something that's high protein and high fiber, ideally moderate level fat as well. So this can look like whole eggs with some avocado and kimchi, and that's the kimchi or sauerkraut is going to be for your gut bacteria, which is going to help clear excess estrogen, which is then going to help with progesterone. Or it could be a protein smoothie. I don't recommend smoothies closer to your period, by the way, um, and in the winter time. Um, but just make sure it's a hearty smoothie with protein powder. You might have some cauliflower in there, frozen cauliflower, um, chia seeds, avocado, things like this. 
It could also be breakfast sausages. It could be avocado toast. Just make sure, again, the protein, the fiber, and make sure it's savory as well to balance blood sugar, which is going to be key with uh, hormone balance, okay? And so I want you to get honest with yourself, right? Uh, are you eating enough food? Are you eating enough macronutrients? Are you completely cutting out carbs? You don't have to be having carbs for every meal if you're like myself. And I definitely gain muscle easily, but I also put on uh, fat easily. So for my body top, I do have a bit of a lower carb approach, um, but I definitely do not restrict it. And I have been there. Okay, so that's something to look at. And if you need to start to organize your meals, you know, I have a meal planner, uh, the one I give to my clients, and I have it laminated, posted on my fridge so I know what we're going to be eating. And I prep soups and stews ahead of time, or I have my freezer stocked of foods, uh, pantry of foods such as, you know, um, rice pasta, tuna, oysters, sardines things like that where when I, if I haven't planned, they're available for me, okay? So I definitely recommend doing the same, having your freezer stocked of easy foods, healthy foods, your pantry, and really start to plan your meals as well. The next one is over-exercising. I have definitely been here as well. And this is, again, um, the body doesn't know the difference between being chased by a predator versus going to boot camp at 5 a.m. every single morning or at 49. Is that what it is? Or 47? I'm not sure. It's like a, a hit workout, especially again if you have hormone imbalance already. And so the especially towards the later half of our, our period, we become more uh, sensitive to stress. And when we push ourselves even more, it backfires. And I, I've really had to learn this. I'm still learning this. A lot of uh, entrepreneurs and fitness influencers I do look at are males, and they're very hardcore, like the David Goggins or the Cam Haynes. And I always have to remind myself that I do not have to be like that. Um, and so if you can relate to this scenario, consider doing some more restorative uh, yoga, slow walks, Pilates, this is, um, you know, if you've, if you've pushed your body for a long time, I invite you to do almost the reverse. It might seem really awkward at first, but, you know, start to have more soothing activities. Weightlifting can also be something like that if it's slow. Um, so I want you to start to try that. And maybe that boot camp class at five in the morning can be a later day slow flow yoga okay this is something for you to experiment with and the other aspect of this is nutritional deficiencies and so many of us in the west have them and don't even realize it so little symptoms like um, what your nails look like your skin look like your hair the quality of your bowel movements uh, the color of your urine the, your, the quality of your sleep there are so many ways the body is speaking to us and we haven't been taught how to listen. Um, and these, when these conditions go undressed, the body can perceive this as another form of stress, okay? Um, and so this is really important and I do recommend working with someone like myself 
um, who can actually help you identify what some of these symptoms are and actually what to do about it and how to use food as medicine, how to use certain supplements, how to incorporate different lifestyle practices to balance blood sugar and really have that be a custom approach for you. So that being said, I'd like to go over five simple tips to help boost progesterone as well. And these, again, you can do them as soon as you listen to them today. And um, yeah, I'm just excited for you to, I would love to actually hear from you when you try these as well and if they help. And of course, this is a bird's eye view, um, but they definitely will help. So the first tip I have for you is to focus on magnesium. Magnesium has over 300 processes in the body, and one of them is managing stress and anxiety and also helping with sleep. It's also essential for regular, healthy ovulation, energy production, and it will help with your cramps as well. You can focus on magnesium-rich foods like leafy greens, kale, spinach, arugula, also raw cacao, not the cocoa powder in most grocery stores, but raw cacao powder, and just add some maple syrup or honey, maybe some medicinal mushrooms, and you have a beautiful drink for yourself. Pumpkin seeds are also high in magnesium. Almonds and avocados are as well. And I 100% sub recommend, uh, I highly recommend supplementing with a high-quality magnesium bicalcinate. Um, and I do recommend a spray or an oil because it will be best absorbed through the skin. Next one is to prep healthy meals and snacks in advance. So similar to my advice and recommendation earlier, and that is to either have a planner, maybe you have three foods that you plan in advance, your go-to breakfast, th three breakfasts, three lunch, three dinners, and then that way the rest of it can be you know, fun or it could be however you're feeling, that intuitive kind of eating there. Um, so just make sure that you have some kind of day of the week. It's Friday, it's Sunday where you have your groceries, you have your meals planned out, maybe you do a little bit of meal prep and make it happen. If it's important to you, you will make it happen. Third tip is to focus on vitamin B6 because it can help to raise the levels of progesterone. So you might cringe here if I tell you the number one food that is highest in progesterone, or sorry, highest in B6, and that is beef liver. So I personally really do not like the taste of beef liver. We do order it from a local um, rancher. Uh, my boyfriend, Eric, definitely enjoys it. I just, I just can't do it. But what we do instead is get grass-fed beef with organ meat. It's 10% organ meat, so heart, liver, um, kidney. Can't taste it. It just actually tastes more nourishing. And you will start to notice the energy increase. It's fascinating when I have my clients start to take beef liver, liver even supplement form, and they have more energy, and you will experience more energy. My good friend is the owner, Nigel, of uh, Higher Health Supplements. So I will link that for you as well in the comments below. I highly recommend this. Then you also have tuna, salmon, chickpeas, chicken, dark leafy greens, bananas, papayas, oranges, and cantaloupe are also high in B6. I don't know if I said cantaloupe right. Eric always makes fun of me. I think it's cantaloupe because that's usually I say cantaloupe. 
Anyways, if you're listening to this, send me an email or a, a message on Instagram. It's a cantaloupe or cantaloupe. And then as for supplements, you can also get a B complex. Uh, I don't recommend B6 on its own because B vitamins are competitive, actually, and they will crowd each other out. So yes, that includes your biotin supplement, my dear. So make sure you take a B complex. Next is to address sleep hygiene. I know, I know. So, you know, I find that so many of us can procrastinate on sleeping, but poor sleep can increase cortisol levels, which then worsens fatigue, and then we create a reliance on caffeine and alcohol and sugary food and that, you know, 2 or 4 p.m. chocolate or donut, whatever it is, and then we think we have no self-control. But it's not about that. Your, your body is literally just wanting to keep going, and so we can have some compassion there and really look at um, increasing sleep quality. And how we do that is by addressing sleep hygiene. And that looks like having a regular bedtime, a regular rise time, and sticking to it. I personally have also struggled with going to bed earlier, and I have an alarm on my phone of my evening routine, which includes, of course, washing my face and having that whole hygiene routine. I get into bed and I read. Um, you know, I will say there are times where, you know, I, I do work and I'm late into the evening sometimes, and honestly, um, I'm not perfect at this at all. And I do always notice that the that it does impact my sleep. I'm not able to go to bed right away. I do wake up tired. And so you want to actually have a regular bedtime here. And then, of course, limiting screen time, at least 60 minutes. I know so many of us can watch you know, TV or something afterwards as well, but try to limit screen time and make sure your room is dark as possible. Add that magnesium in there as well. Then the first thing in the morning, you want to open your curtains or step outside if you can, step on your balcony and try to expose yourself to natural light. This will reset your circadian rhythm and also boost your mood. Okay, so some tips on sleep hygiene. I know that's a lot, especially if you are struggling with it in the first place. Just pick one little thing. It could be, I'm going to make my room darker or I'm going to get magnesium right after watching this or listening to this. And that's going to start to do. The very last tip here is learning to say no. And yes, I am also speaking to myself here. Oh, as women, we have a tendency to overcommit and people please. And, you know, we're also excited about life. There's a lot of things that we want to do. Um, but there's also some activities and people and events that we don't necessarily want to do or aren't essential even with how busy we are. And so start to curate your environment as you are the artist and the architect of your life. Look at who actually lights you up when you spend time with them and message them and, you know, and have and start to build that relationship. Are there events and that you say yes to and you're like, oh, like, I don't really want to go to this, right? Find what is lighting you up versus not and start to really be a curator um, of your life and realize how much power you do have. Um, it might honestly, 
even being saying saying no to to certain foods it might be saying no to wearing frumpy clothes it might be saying no to um not getting you know making an excuse of not getting your hair and nails done right so there's uh, so many layers to this and I always, you know, in my programs, I, I talk more in depth about this, but I talk about bliss amplification. So the more relaxed a woman is, the more healthy she is. And so many women in today's world are, is, is oh, oh, their, their cups are overflowing of things to do. Um, actually, I, I think the, the phrase would have been the opposite way. It's like our cups can be dry. Um, and so... This is really important. It really, really is because when left unchecked, low progesterone impacts our relationships, our libido, our work, our self-worth, and just how we feel on a day-to-day basis, right? Because low progesterone is going to make you feel frantic and it can lead to other health issues in the future as well, especially breast and ovarian cancers. So we see a fascinating connection between high estrogen, low progesterone, and some of these serious health implications. So I have a link for you below to schedule a discovery session with me to learn how it works to have a customized plan and support that's based on your unique needs, your lifestyle. This no dieting approach is going to really fit right into your life rather than take away or add more to your plate. It's going to help with accountability, which is the number one thing people struggle with when it comes to any of their goals. So that discovery call is completely free. You will have to uh, take the intake form as well. We get on a call and I'd want to learn more about you. What have you been dealing with? And most people actually come to me after their natural path and after their conventional doctor and say, why didn't I come to you first? But I do believe that um, as time goes, uh, that will change. I'm just glad I get to be a part of your life. And so thank you for being a part of the day and this episode. Thank you for being here. I look forward to hearing from you. I look forward to hearing your success. I I really, really would love to um, hear any updates of how this goes, or maybe you are right at the start of your journey and you can feel free to send me a message of, you know, what do you, where do you recommend to start? I'm here for you. Thank you for being here. And I will talk to you for the next episode. Cheers. Thank you so much for tuning in. Please give the show a five-star review if you feel like you learned something new today. All of the mentioned links will be in the show notes. And also, are we connected on Instagram? Find me over at underscore luscious living underscore and come say hi. See you next episode.